Test, test. Oh my God, we're back again. Bosh. <laughs> Another fun fact: we used to have uh, boy band breakdowns at our shows, where we would play little snippets of InSync or Backstreet Boys songs or 98 Degrees live, but like kind of punk rockish. Nice. That, that was fun. Those were the good old days. No, 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 19. It's the Midlife Punk Podcast, episode uh, 19, um, which is we're very excited to bring you after a few technical issues. On the uh, other side of the interwebs, up there in Sheffield, I've got the old nihilism. Hello, good evening, and what technical problems? I don't know what you mean. Everything always goes swimmingly at Midlife Punk Podcast. It does. We are pretty fucking blue sky thinking, cutting edge twats. How, how have you been? Have you had an extra fun week in the dark? Oh, no, no, no. I've been back at work, haven't I? Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. It's all good, though. It's all good. I saw you were uh, stalked by a plastic comb set, weren't you? Yes, I was. Yeah. Uh, the other morning, just went to work innocently, went out my back gate, not a euphemism. Um, saw this little uh, little red comb. I was like, that's weird. Carried on about my day, got to work. At the entrance of work, there was a little blue comb. And I got a bit perturbed. If you find a white comb, I'd say it's some like unionist hairdressers are over from Belfast and are like leaving subliminal messages everywhere. Well, that's the thing, Tom. It could be French, it could be Dutch, it could be Russian. It could be anyone. You're not very good, are they, identifying themselves? So what we got? What we got for these chumps uh, this week? Well, we've got some big news, first of all. Uh, you might all remember from the Hassel episode that uh, their drummer, uh, Luis, was actually stranded in Peru and had been for, at the time, was it six months, seven months? Yeah, since March. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're delighted to report it's probably not a world exclusive by now because it's been like a week, but he's finally back where he belongs in New Jersey. Thumping the tubs uh, for those hassle boys. So uh, glad you got home, Luis. Um, and now you can watch Chelsea from New Jersey rather than Lima. So there you go. Good, good on you for getting home. Let's hope you stay there in safety for some considerable time um we've told everyone that Luis is safe oh i've been i've been uh corresponded with by a beat combo oh a popular beat combo uh they're gonna be popular i think yeah yeah they're called the hot rockets and they hail from whitby scarborough that sort of way north yorkshire kind of way so you know what they don't know about fish and chips and donuts probably isn't worth knowing but the guitarist in a previous life was in a band called Raggedy Ann. Did you ever hear of them? I vaguely remember that. I think I might have seen them in like the gig sections in Kerrang a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're um, sort of early nineties sort of uh, thing. They're also from Scarborough, and you know they felt like they couldn't make the big time in in Scarborough, so they moved to the bustling cultural metropolis of Nuneaton, and um, operated out of there for some fucking reason. Uh, they lived at my mate dude's house. So, yeah, they're, they're back up there 
guitarist has formed a new band called the Hot Rockets, and uh, I have got a tune of theirs. Well, shall we play it? Yes, let's. Is it another world exclusive? Um, I don't know about that, but it's not the ones I've heard, any of the ones I've heard played on other shows. So, Well, we'll call it a world exclusive. Yeah, in our world, it's an exclusive. Uh, it's called Being There, Failed That, and it's um, from their new album, which, yeah, it's from Planet in the Sky. Uh, I spoke to the drummer. It's not coming out on vinyls just yet because it's too expensive, but it is out on CD. So if you're feeling retro-ish, pick yourself up a copy. So this is uh, Been There, Failed That by the Hot Rockets from Planet in the Sky, and then we're going to come back and do some correspondence of the week. Yep, so as ever, Niall's done a great job of inspiring some uh, conversation on the Facebook page, which uh, if, if if you're not on there, it's where it all happens. We're on the gram as well. Uh, that's Instagram, not cocaine. And Niall has posited a question um, for you all to answer, and some of you have been uh, mad keen on answering it. Uh, what was the question, Niall? The question was, uh, tell us what the last gig you saw before all this nonsense and who you're looking forward to seeing when this has all died down a bit. So essentially, it's a bit of a fantasy question. Obviously, we don't know when all this is going to die down, but, you know, we've all got bands and and artists and stuff that we want to see. So, you know, I posited the question expecting, like, I've been to see band A, I'm really looking forward to seeing band B. But it got a little bit more fucking complicated than that, didn't it? Sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah. The first one that grabbed my attention was from good friend of the show, Winnow. Uh, his last gig was the Menzingers with Spanish Love Songs in Birmingham. And that would have been around February, I think, because that's when I was due to see him. Uh, he would have loved to have gone to Slam Dunk this year. And he's posted a photo uh, in the comments of your good self with your arm around what looks like a cardboard cutout of Winnow. What's going on there, Tom? 
Okay, so we went to Slam Dunk Festival in 2018. Uh, it was a nice day. We were all a bit pissed up very early, relatively early in the day, and we saw some lads uh, carrying a cardboard cutout around with them. So, because I'm a fucking social animal, right, I went, I went up to them and said, can I have a picture with your cardboard cutout? And they said, yeah. Right, so you think, oh, this is all good quality bants. Add my arm round the cardboard cutout, and if you look closely at the picture, you'll see my face is half happy and then sort of collapsing into sort of despair because exact moment that picture was taken, they said, oh, this is my brother, and he killed himself last week, and he was supposed to be coming to uh, slam dunk with us. So, yeah. I was like, thanks. I was like, fuck, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to dick about with your cardboard cutout of your dead brother, like. And they were all right about it. But I didn't do anything wrong, but I still felt like shit. Wow, thanks for bringing the vibe down there, Winnow. That's great. I'm never answering any of your questions on here again. Later on, I did end up feeling better because the cardboard cutout was on stage with Lagwagon getting bummed by Joey Cape. So I didn't feel as bad. After I saw that, I felt like, you know, I'd had a bit of a reprieve there. But, yeah, it's it's a good picture. I, th- I think you should enter it in some sort of award, like with the, the category Mixed Emotions, because now you know the story. If you look at it, half my face is, like, sad, and my eyes still sparkling with drunken joy. Wow. You asked for it. <laughs> he made me. I'm never doing that again. Another one, another friend of the show, Chris Duncan's last gig was Scotland Calling all day last year, and he's hoping to see Green Day in June 2021. Another friend of the show, Dan Abrahams, answers half the question. Last gig was Descendants and Pairs in Brixton Academy. I think he's just flexing there, to be honest with you. Uh, and my favourite is our new friend, uh, Duco van der Veen. Uh, his last one was 14th of March, Snuff in Hastings, which would have been about a week before lockdown. And Banz is looking forward to seeing our Snuff again and everyone he was supposed to see in the past eight months. And I, for one, to be honest, cannot wait to see Snuff again. I've been binging them all week. Well, we should have a little uh, Jolly Boys out in, shouldn't we, when, when gigs happen? Definitely. Uh, Joe Adam kept it local. He said that the last gig he saw uh, was Pizza Tramp in a new small venue in Derby. I was supposed to go to that one as well. I can't remember why I didn't. I had a good Sound, reason. Don't worry. Sounds a bit hipsterish. A new small venue in Derby. No, it's a fucking back room of the Woodlark or something. I think <laughs> the Maypole. <laughs> the Maypole. Mm. Most definitely not hipstery. And then he says he's going to wait for gigs to get back to normal before I even think about it, which isn't yeah. podcast. But thank you for the insight. Right, so what have we got this week? Who have we got this week? Because this is another one of your bookings, isn't it? Yes, this is me being three for three in terms of quality of bookings. Um, a young punk quartet, uh, double feature, who I think are absolutely bloody smashing. We've actually had to create a new category uh, for these boys uh, here at the Midlife Punk Podcast. They're now an SBOL, which is... I can't remember. Superb bunch yeah. of lads. So we had uh, Dom, Dan, and Dave. Uh, unfortunately, their bassist um, couldn't join us. 
uh, because he was celebrating his uh, son's second birthday. So happy birthday, young man. Yeah, we had a really good chat. Uh, subject matter got a little bit dark sometimes, but honestly, um, one of my favourite interviews of recent times. Yeah, it was a good laugh, and uh, the dark subject matter will be in keeping with uh, Winnow prompting that mildly upsetting story that he did with the photo. So we've got uh, facts about the great city of Chicago. Uh, yes. And, yeah, I hope you enjoy it, and we'll come back afterwards for a debrief. Chicago, officially the city of Chicago, is the most populous city in the U.S. state of Illinois and the third most populous city in the United States. With an estimated population of 2,693,976 in 2019, it's also the most populous city in the Midwestern United States. Shall we start in the traditional way and we'll go... Um, I was going to make you do that alphabetically then, but it's all Ds. Um, (laughs) Who you are and what you do in the band, please. Sure, I'll go first. Uh, My name is Dominic. I play guitar and sing and double feature. And um, yeah, that's about it. (laughs) Nice. Uh, My name is Dan. I play guitar and sing a little bit and double feature. Uh, And yeah, that's about it as well. We'll be back after a quick break. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. 
No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, my name is Dave. I do not sing in double feature. Um, you should. <laughs> but, uh, but I do play the drums. And uh, I may not be good, but at least I'm fast. You are fast. I'll listen to the <laughs> album today. Um, because Niall, Niall booked you guys, obviously. Uh, mm. and, and I hadn't heard, heard any of your stuff. And he described you as a good mid-era no effects sort of thing. Now, I don't know, Niall, does that mean you don't like mid-era no effects normally? Um, they could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> well, he managed to sell tickets for a live stream of him playing a whole album of it. Yeah, um, live stream. Which yeah, which wasn't live. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which wasn't live at all. No, we, we've moaned about that on here. So we won't bore everyone. So tell us about the band, how you got started. Yeah. So, um, man, I used, I used to work at, uh, I was an intern at a uh, music rehearsal facility and I was working one night and this guy walks by and he has a, a Lillington shirt on. And I'm like, Oh, it's a rad shirt. You know, it's cool. And it was like, I think it was death by television, the album, which is the best, one of the best punk rock albums ever made. Agreed. Um, yeah. And uh, so we started talking and I was like, hey, do you want to jam sometime? And he's like, yeah. So we started jamming and it was double feature was just two guys playing guitar, writing songs about, I don't know, arcades and video games and stuff like that. And then uh, we got a drummer. His name was Justin Miller. And um, so me and Kyle, the old guitar player, we started the band with Justin and it was a three piece. And we played our actual our first show. We actually played without a bass player. Um, in a bar in Chicago. So just two gu guitar, two Marshall stacks, just screaming mid-range everywhere, no low end. <laughs> it was it was fun. But um, but yeah, then we got our bass player, Marty, um, who couldn't join today. It's his son's second birthday. So unfortunately, he couldn't join. Um, so happy birthday, Emiliano. Yes, and, happy uh, birthday. Yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, Marty joined the band. He found our ad on Craigslist looking for a bass player and um after that we recorded our first um i think it was just the first record right dan if i'm right the yeah you guys yeah. just recorded the the first self-titled which, which is just like sunglasses in the yeah or not the sunglasses the glasses in the foreheads at the bottom so yeah we did that record and um we did a split as well with uh friends of ours a band called escabage from chicago i did a seven inch split with them and then um, the band kind of just uh, changed members a little bit. So we ended up getting Dan in as our guitar player. Yeah, I, uh, sorry, Dom. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, I, uh, I was in the band because of Kyle. Kyle Bach was the, um, the original guitar player that Dom met at the music garage, was where the nice. practice space was. And Kyle, uh, when he needed to leave, he told them, there's two people that he would like to have rehearse. And he told them me and somebody else. And thankfully I just 
I, the, I real reason, the real reason we chose Dan is because Dan was at all of our shows and he was the only person that knew all of the words to all of our songs and <laughs> could play guitar. And he was just that, that perfect person that fit in and I didn't have to teach anything to, which is great because I always forget all the parts myself. So well, that's, that's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? Because yeah. next time you do do a show, the main person who was there down the front is now stood next to you. Right. Now we have no fans. So. <laughs> Um, and then to, yeah, to wrap up the story of how the band became this lineup, um, Justin left the band and then we ended up needing a drummer and Dave filled in for a little bit and became our permanent drummer. And, uh, the band's just been, it's a great, a great group of people that we all work together well. And, um, yeah, we work and write together well and happy where it is now. Nice. Yeah. And I agree. Before we start. Before we started chatting, you have to forgive me. I haven't written my notes today. I've put them on my phone like a futuristic <laughs> okay. person. I'm usually old school and writing it down. So we would have played priestiality before people start talking. Mm-hmm. There's some good plays on words in these song titles, so I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> yeah. getting down to brass tacks with them. Let's talk about priestiality. What release is it from? This is from uh, this is from this latest release we had. Um, man, that song. So, <laughs> a lot of our songs are uh, about the church or about religion in some way. Um, this song, I don't know. You, you you find you hear a lot of things about the church and about uh, you know the molestation of boys and mm-hmm. all of that stuff, and it's. I, I just thought we should write something about it and it kind of just came out and, you know, we did it. So. Yeah. It just brings attention to the actual garbage that's going on. I don't know. Could we swear on this? Yeah. Go I, for I, it. Please. I, okay. I, it's just because of all the, it just seems the like, it seems like that stuff's in the news, you know, for like a week and then some other headline takes over, which is how the news is nowadays. Anyway, it's just constantly yeah. changing. It's so, almost so like people have got used to it. Like yeah. it's just a thing that happens. Yeah, exactly. and that's bullshit. That's why. That's what I was going to say. Like, I'm glad that that we wrote this song because now it's out there, and it's it's you know it's like with this with with that it's going to be there forever. People are going. Oh, it's always it's that. It, it's yeah. always been a it's always been an understood thing. It's always been a tacit subject matter. You know, like everybody knows that you know, especially in the Catholic religion, that priests have been doing this to kids forever and ever and ever and. Everybody knows about it, but nobody ever says anything about it. Nobody ever does anything about it. And if they do, those stories get swept under the radar pretty quick. So, you know, with us writing this, at least we address it. You know, whether it's going to make a difference or not, fine. But at least we addressed it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one, and they always close ranks on it uh, when someone gets busted. Anyway, this is getting a bit dark. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we played that before we started um niall told me that you had recorded and written this whole album during this bullshit pandemic so usually mm-hmm. we ask people what's coronavirus ruined for you but you've got the ball by the horns and uh <laughs> made something out of it so how did that process work with you out being able to see each other physically well, so so at first Obviously, we couldn't rehearse with each other because it was like super lockdown. You know, nobody knew what this thing was or or how we could stop it from spreading even more. Or nobody had PPE mask or anything like that because it was just, you know, just came out of nowhere, I guess. But um, 
but yeah, so we just started, I started writing some riffs and stuff at home and like what I'll do is I'll write like a little riff and, and some, some lyrics and I'll send the guys, the song ideas like via, I don't know, video chat on the phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they'll take it and like, you know, respond with, Hey, do this, do that, do this. And then just kind of work up some demos. And then uh, we finally got able to start rehearsing together again and uh, doing the songs together in, in real life and uh, just kind of hash them out like we normally would for any other song we write. You know, we'd go to band practice, crack some beers, start ripping on some riffs and, you know, see what happens. And then, um, and then uh, I, uh, I'm an audio engineer as well. So I just recorded a lot of the stuff at home, which helped. I didn't have to like go to like a huge studio and, mm -hmm. you know, work with a lot of people. I can just kind of do it DIY at our homes. So that's kind of what we did. So it was pretty easy uh, to get it done in a couple months. We'll be back after a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Because I haven't got the know-how or the equipment to pull something like that off. I've got this microphone and some switches down there, most of which I don't know what they do. <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> no, have you got a big book of bullshit question? I have, but just let me um, – it's getting a bit warm in here at the moment, so I'm just going to take go. off my hoodie uh, just for a second. Um, just, what hoodie is it, Niall? Oh, it's, you know, it's just this old thing. Um <laughs> Oh, nice. Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beautiful. Right on. Can you see that? Where'd you get that? Um, <laughs> that's a I good paid, too. I, I, I paid US postage because I wanted that album so badly. That's oh, nice. Well, next time you just got to oh. message me and I'll send you stuff for free. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> for, the benefit, for the benefit of the tape, Niall has removed his hoodie and it's a double feature hoodie. <laughs> in case you didn't i guess that's i guess that's because he's just seeing how well this interview is going she's so like well i'm gonna need to shed myself away from <laughs> right big book of bullshit then basically we ask people to submit questions and they're a bit random i, I think yeah oh, hit, hit and miss yeah uh go on i think we've had a couple <laughs> haven't we I'm going to take one that we've had from the inbox because I thought this was a really, really unique one. Um, so if you guys had to write and record a concept album based on any minor celebrity, who would it be? Any minor celebrity? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you should have sent me these before. I said I'm going to send him these before, and then the person who sent it in was like, please don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> minor celebrity. Oh um. God. Well, who do? We, okay. Well, let's let's determine what is a minor celebrity because I'm not 100 percent sure. On... B list, not Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Somebody. Okay. Else. Okay. B list. We're talking B list. Okay. Um, I mean, I would I would write a concept album around the life of Ric Flair. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> we do have an album. We do have a song called Ric Flair Woo. So it's yeah. Give about us a long, long, but. <laughs> All right then. So, so let's 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 brainstorm this now. Let's have okay. some blue sky thinking. Let's. 
Are we doing life story of Ric Flair? Yeah, because that would involve probably a lot of cocaine and a bunch of fun stuff. <laughs> cocaine, so can... plane crashes. It'd probably have to be a trip. Yeah. <laughs> like Lord of the Rings. Like. <laughs> yeah. Racking up, racking up 10 grand worth of liquor bills at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Dan's a wrestling expert, by the way. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge wrestling fan. So is Niall. So. I am, yeah. Is he really? The other three of us, lads, we can just go and chill a minute while we talk about <laughs> wrestling. It'd be a good opportunity to cover Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy and change it to Nature Boy. I think that might be. That would be oh, good. There you oh, go. That would be sick. Oh, you're already giving me an idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm, writing, I'm writing that as soon as we come off this interview. <laughs> Right then, so that, that question was... Whatever happened to her? Isn't she dating uh, the guy from Nickelback or married to him? Is that Married to him, yeah. yeah there's uh, quite a few conspiracy theories online that it's um, the original Avril Lavigne's dead. What? And then look alike. Yeah. Yeah. Because or she hired her. Because she's so <laughs> important to global culture. I know. <laughs> if Avril Lavigne died, the whole the world would just come up. The same thing's been said about Andrew WK. People believe that there's been about three different Andrew WKs. It's yes! fascinating. Man, I've seen I... him live like 30 times, and yeah, he doesn't look the same each time. <laughs> <laughs> he plays Riot Test like every time, all three days. <laughs> so that, that question was from Steve Stewart. So thanks, Steve. There thanks, you Steve. go. Thank you, Steve. He, he's good. He, he put some put some good questions in. Uh, occasionally and that's not to say some of them are bad steve it's just they're not every week are they it's just as and when they crop <laughs> yeah up. no consistency steve come on step it up, <laughs> step it up, <laughs> step it up. <laughs> so what we'll do i think is we'll take uh, a minute to listen to another play on words class warfare fair spell f-a-i-r
Comparatively, I have enough probably to get me through the next week or so, but as far as having the savings, no. I worry about not being able to have enough food to feed the girls. I worry about them not having the opportunities that other kids um, are going to have. So I'm constantly worrying. You know, I'm always worrying. When we saw the watch of the war on poverty, uh, the geography of poverty was very different than what we're looking at today. The bulk of poor people in the country lived in urban areas, in big cities or in rural and since that time, we've seen a real shift. I mean, I started working when I was 12 years old. I've been working ever since. I have put in Located on the shores of Freshwater Lake, Michigan, Chicago was incorporated as a city in 1837 near a portage between the Great Lakes and the Mississippi River watershed and grew rapidly in the mid-19th century. Tell us about class warfare and that play on words. Um, Yeah, so... um... Poverty, it's huge everywhere in the world. Um, it's terrible. We do what we can to help with that. Um, you know, we we sell albums and we sometimes donate most of our sales to uh, good causes. This latest one, we've uh, it was a free album, um, but if you were able to donate on Bandcamp, you know, our our uh, share was going to go 50, 50 to help save the music venues and help yes. uh, Black Lives Matters as well. So. Um, this song just has a whole bunch of stuff like that, you know, culture issues that are going on, cultural issues, um, the the class warfare, you know, the title, you know, it seems like it's a war on people, a war on class. And I don't think it's fair. That's why there's a fair in the question mark um, to have society be like that. But it always has been like that. And it probably always will be, even though we are fighting for change. You know, people have been fighting for change since the beginning of time. So, um I think it's possible, but yeah, it's probably slow and uphill climb, but we're, we're part of it. So, yeah, we, we have a saying on the left here that they don't call it the struggle for nothing. Yeah. Cause it's not, yeah. it's not easy, is it? Otherwise yeah. it'd be done by now. It's not, it's not, um, it's hard to be out there marching, um, along everybody during a pandemic and, you know, being seen as like, these are super spreader events. Like, yeah, we're wearing our mask and yeah, people are probably spreading it, but you got to think what's more important, you know, like black people dying in the streets every day by the hands of white cops in the United States or um, a global pandemic that can be slowed by simply just wearing a mask. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot to talk about in that song. Uh, I really like the end of it. I like the music at the end, the, 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 we have a sample put over it of just people from different news uh being interviewed from different news uh, channels uh just about you know life and poverty the struggle for everybody um so i i think that song musically is one of our best on the album there's just a lot of pieces to it usually our songs are just real simple four chords verse chorus verse chorus 
end. Um, but this one has just a little bit more to it. And that's why we put it at the end of the album because it just felt like a really good closer. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was the strongest song off this whole new record. Um, just, I don't know, the, melodically, it's just very pleasing to listen to. And the elements of like the horns and the xylophones and everything that, that was added. And that's, that's peppered throughout this new record is these, these new instrumental elements. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we had, a, we had a, a, a lap steel guitarist on our last record. Yeah. So we already introduced some of that stuff. Now we're just, it's, I'm loving that we're adding these elements to this, to the, to our new songs because it's just, I don't know, musically awesome. Right. We, we never really did that in the past. We would just kind of yeah. keep it simple, which was fun and still is fun. Uh, but I think now that we had the pandemic and we were able to sit at home and like just sit there and fiddle and add layers to different parts. Um, it was a really cool, different experience. And I, I think it worked out well and I'm excited of where it went. But now when we play live, we probably won't have any of those parts because we're not going to have people. <laughs> it's not, not like regular, you know, <laughs> regular double feature, but it's fun. But yeah. I think you've got time to figure out the live yeah. sound i don't think we'll be uh <laughs> all gathering together anytime anytime soon yeah I, I went to a black lives matter demo here in derby um mm -hmm. and that was like peak pandemic time wasn't it yeah it was Everything, right around this it was the exact same time yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh, but like that april uh, everyone it, that all feels like about 15 years ago now yeah. <laughs> this year's just been so weird yeah, I went and people were moaning. Oh, there's a pandemic on, and like you, like you said, Dom, where, where do you draw your line of of what's important enough to demonstrate about? You know? Yeah, it's true. At least it's we can go. Yeah. At least we can go out there and willingly risk our lives where they are risking their lives just by existing. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. It's uh, it's interesting to note as well. Um, I was reading something online the other day that uh, you know the big BLM protests and things like that weren't really like bad in the sense of spreading the virus and things like that. Yet certain people's rallies yes. <laughs> were yeah. classed as super spreader events. So yeah, they were. They've 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 proven that. Um, and that's that's typical American politics at the moment but luckily that's only going to go on until january 20th and then maybe we'll be respected in the world a little bit more again so we'll see <laughs> he's just his head's gone isn't he he's just complete oh, he's just lost his fucking mind <laughs> i knew i think, I think I knew, he's got syphilis yeah i knew that as soon as as soon as the results were going to come like there was just going to be a wave just a wave of of, of crap but i mean I thankfully have been avoiding it and not listening to his bullshit and just waiting out the last couple months that we have. And we're just, you know, yeah. excited Even to be Fox moving News. forward with somebody who's not a complete airhead. Yeah. Fox news have turned on him as well. Haven't they? No. Yes. Yeah. So he's slagging them off as well after saying that. you. <laughs> yeah. He's been slagging them off now. And now he's like pushing all these far right conspiracy conspiracy news organizations like oh go watch this this will be better because it agrees with me 100 percent like uh, oh, man that four better. seasons thing i, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe that yeah. that was almost better than borat too yeah exactly I yeah. Thought, I thought it was, and it was with rudy giuliani too that's what's like holy right? shit this guy cannot have a good year <laughs> no he's not having much look at the minute the old rude stew is he <laughs> 
Someone said that if, uh, if, if, if everything keeps going this way, that Rudy Giuliani is going to take this all the way to the Supreme Court Marriott courtyard. Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> the, the lady that owns that landscaping thing, she's making a fortune on merchandise now. Sure. She's really going to town on like, making T-shirts and stuff. I heard there was a sex shop right next door too. Oh, right? yeah, as well, yeah. Oh, nice. Rudy probably popped in. Oh, yeah, he probably did. After the event. <laughs> Right, shall we do the next big book of bullshit now, now, or shall we? Um, it's thin on the ground this week. Dave from uh, Shackleford, a regular contributor, posed a bit of a a bit of a long question. We could have sent this one out beforehand. I think. I think this is the one. I was like, yeah, yeah this is going to be too hard. Yeah. Um, let me just bring this up. Actually, I've oh, got this it the here. Album one? Oh, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Is this I the one about the album? I read well, this on Facebook. You've seen it. You've seen it. I read it on Facebook. <laughs> no excuse, mate. No excuse. <laughs> so, so then, okay. So I actually, I saw this question like 20, no, 30 minutes before we did this. And I right. was like. Question. Wait, I, what's the question first? We got to hear it. Okay. Now. What's the question? I'm sorry. You guys, you guys are the hosts. <laughs> so sorry. It I got right. drummer. I don't know anything. Well, look, at least what, because this is stupid, right? So. Well done, Dan, for taking this one on. Uh, <laughs> if you had to listen to an album, uh, but only songs, only tracks three, seven, and eleven on repeat for the rest of your life, which album would it be? Over to you, Dan. Um. Okay. Nimrod by Green Day. Okay. That one right off the bat. Uh, the third one would be The Grouch. Yeah. That song. <laughs> I'll forever love that's my that's my that's like my all-time one of my all-time favorite songs period um and then there's worry rock which is the seventh one and jinx which is the 11th one and then my second hold on i came up with a second oh, one but i'm oh, cheating the rules oh, um, no. transgender dysphoria blues by against me nice. um it's only a 10 track record so i'm saying the last song so it'd be uh um uh what was it unconditional love dead friend and black me out He's done it. Yeah. Isn't it. Round of applause there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so, so three, seven, and eleven. Yeah, yeah three, seven, and eleven. I'm gonna go with Jane's Addiction. Nothing shocking. Go on. The, song, the third song is had a has, the third song is had a dad. It's just a rocking song. Uh, the seventh song is Mountain Song, which is their kind of iconic Jane's Addiction song uh-huh, everybody uh-huh. first heard when they heard them. And the eleven is the last one, Pigs in Zen, and that's just a that's just a really good song, and they did it. They always did it live really well too. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> You're knocking these out of the park. You got one. Yeah. So I'm just gonna say my favorite album of all time. This doesn't count because it's only ten songs on it. But Weezer Blue album, the whole thing. Oh yeah. But um, to talk about a real album, this is gonna throw everybody for a curveball. Uh, definitely, maybe by Oasis. <laughs> Oof. Nice. <laughs> So yeah, um, what are the song does? Those are uh, number three's "Live Forever," one of the greatest songs out of the United Kingdom, I think, ever written. And uh, let's see, what's seven, four, five? Wow, that's even telling the Beatles there, Dom. Bring it on down is uh, number seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and "Married with Children," an acoustic acoustic song off of that record. I really like Oasis. Huge fan. Whatever. Some well, there you go. I love them. <laughs> well, Dave, who asked the question, is a massive against me fan. And a massive Weezer fan, so I think nice. he'll be happy with that. 
He better be. Thought he'd caught you all out. Yeah, I don't think he really <laughs> expected this question to be answered, did he? I tried to write. I tried to write a bunch of songs that sounded like Weezer Blue album and use them for this band, but it just never worked. So I have these like hidden demos that I haven't released ever. But send them. Send them to uh, Rivers. He needs all the help he can get at the minute. Oh yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's a writing machine. <laughs> did you did you do this in your head, Noah? I didn't know because I dismissed the question as like, Dave, what are you playing at? <laughs> <laughs> I had a Dan approach straight away. I was like, out come the wolves, roots, radicals, junkie, yeah. uh, journey to the end of the East Bay. Boom, bosh, there you go. Stick that, that's hope and smike it. That was my ninth grade jam right there. That whole album was on repeat <laughs> for the whole year. <laughs> it's probably Listen my favorite album else. of all time. Listen to to nothing else until then, no effects and. Hanson Split came out where they cover each other's songs, which was awesome. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that um, uh, uh, Punk and Drublick, obviously, like that record. Yeah, it's cool. yeah. So I gotta see what the. So Punk and Drublick would be. Um, well, what's the It's Perfect Government. Is seven, yeah. Fleas is 11. Oh, Fleas is a great bass intro. Uh, that's a good one. So that was actually a really good question, Dave. Thank you very much. Yeah, We got yeah, a lot right. out of that, I think. Thank you, Dave. Right, so I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll listen to You Can't Quarantine Ages, probably the best play on words out of the ones you've sent. Uh, and then we'll come back and talk about it. It's a pandemic. Some say polemic. It's a population regulation coup. Contamination.
The name Chicago is derived from a French rendering of the indigenous Miami, Illinois word Chicacqua for a wild relative of the onion. It is known to botanists as Allium trichochum and known more commonly as ramps. Um, can I just jump? Um, can I just jump back on the uh, on the last question there? I found it. So oh. mine would be uh, Jawbreaker, twenty four hour revenge therapy. Yeah. So track three is Boxcar. Uh, <laughs> track seven is Ache, and track eleven is. Oh, hang on! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. In starting around. So I think I've won that one. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, I would. Uh... I would change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so Niles updated us on his three seven eleven album. We've just listened to "You Can't Quarantine Ages." Oh man! So you know, everybody wrote a song about the the pandemic after it happened. We wrote and recorded a song after the pandemic within like two weeks after it happened. So, and, Dom, can I say something? Can yeah, I say something? Yeah. I want. Everybody to listen. Okay, this may sound really dickish of me, <laughs> but I want everybody to listen to Blink's quarantine song or COVID song and listen to our COVID song. And you tell me which one sounds better. I put my money down that we <laughs> we have the best one out of those two. It's that Goldfinger guy. He's writing all this crap for them now. <laughs> oh, what? That explains it then. Fuck yeah. No, but yeah, that, that song, that song, um, Man, that was like, so sometimes when I, I'm writing a song, it's just like, boom, everything hits me in like two seconds. I write it, record it, it's done. So that one happened like that. I just started picking up guitar. I was sick of all this shit. Every, those when first, everybody was locked down. Everybody was just like getting pissed off. Everything was sold out of the grocery stores. And like people were starting to get really uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress from it, you know? So I just wrote this song, just came out, sent it to the guys. They're like, that's dope. Finished the demo. And that was it. Um, but yeah, this song, you know, you can't quarantine teenagers. That was just a play on words, obviously. <laughs> it, it it got me thinking because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, I don't know if they're doing that in the US, but here the the you know, old people love a, a chance to blame young people for stuff, don't they? Yeah. Um <laughs> and they were saying, oh, all these teenagers hanging around, what else are they gonna do? <laughs> yeah. When I was it's it's sort of like when I was, I don't know, when did I leave home? When I was like 18, I used to live in some real shithole houses, right? Imagine during this. I mean, I'm married now. I've got two kids. I've got a nice house. I'm I'm okay. But if, you, if you're 19, 20, and you live in a shitty punk house, yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. It, and that's why you see parties and stuff still happening. Cause yeah. People don't give a fuck. I mean, what they're fucking, they're bored. They're hung up at home. They don't want to deal with that shit. Um, and if your home's bored. a shithole with ringworm and yeah, beer I, cans everywhere, no, <laughs> you know, even more want to go out. out. Yeah, but that, that 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 song's fun. There's a lot of uh, musically. I think it's cool. There's a lot of like really hard pan guitars, uh, like octaves running all over the place. The solo is pretty cool. That that actually took me. I cheated on that solo. I recorded it in like six different parts just because, one, I didn't memorize a whole entire solo at, at the time. And I kind of just like will write and riff and record. And I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And then I'll layer on top of that and go to the next part and move down. But, um, but yeah, that song's fun. Super fast, hard to play live, but Dave is the shit. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was cooking this afternoon and I uh, 
I listened to the whole album pretty much, I think. Uh, and I did notice that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one is fast, Dave. So, yeah, you, yeah, you were correct. You are fast. <laughs> and hopefully that song will still be relevant by the time we are able to play live in like three years. So. <laughs> uh, this song's, this song's going to be relevant. We'll have two new albums by the time that we are able to play. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it'll be a snapshot in time. Um, yeah. If nothing else. I, something just popped in my head, actually. Uh, on like the third ever episode of this podcast, we had one guy who's in a band from Chicago and they met. He met his bandmates when they were on tour in Chicago uh, at a place called Chicago Diner, which is a vegan restaurant. Have you ever yeah. been there? Do you know it? Yeah, I know of it. I've never been, but I know exactly what it's like on the north side. Because I was just going to ask you if the food's crap because they had a real big, almost an argument about it. <laughs> it's good. I'm a pescatarian, um, so I don't really eat a lot of meat besides that it comes from the water. <laughs> but... Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good place. I would eat there again. There you go, Aaron. There's your promotion for Chicago Diner again. <laughs> There's much better places to eat, though. Fine, fine. Yeah. You see, so wow. hopefully they have Chicago Diner there, Dom. <laughs> Handlebar is a really good uh, vegetarian place. They have a lot of meat substitutes and stuff like that. We get the uh, buffalo chicken wraps made out of fucking, I don't know, soy and potatoes, but it tastes just like chicken. <laughs> if i'm ever over i'm gonna go just to see for myself yeah give um, me a ring we'll go <laughs> what it's like have any of you guys ever been to the uk yes yes i have I, uh, I went there to see my uh in-law my sister-in-law and her husband he uh jonathan specter he played for a lot of teams in the uk for soccer um manchester united's uh west bromwich albion i believe as well yeah uh west ham definitely played for west ham yes west ham and a bunch of other stuff yeah so we went there to see my in-laws and uh we just kind of explored uh london and um birmingham and where else do we go uh oxford i did a little documentary on jrr tolkien um so yeah i was a film student in college and did a piece on him i actually i had to get the closing shot to the the film i was making and i wanted to get his uh grave Mm -hmm. and the cemetery was closed and i only had one shot to get in there so I jumped the fence to the cemetery, ran over there, searching for his grave, not knowing where the hell it was, just like randomly looking at hundreds of graves while the sun's going down. And I finally found it, got the shot, got out of there, ripped my leather jacket on the way out, jumped in the fence, but I got it. The cool <laughs> story of how you ripped your leather jacket, though. Yeah. Where, where, where I'm, I live in Derby, which is... Um, not too far from when where Tolkien grew up, and oh, yeah. um, a lot of his inspiration for Middle Earth was all like it's called the Peak District, uh, mm-hmm. lots of hills and stuff. But we stayed at a place, a campsite down the road from us was called Rivendell. Um, mm-hmm. There's a pub yeah. called the Prancing Pony. I was like, this is incredible. But it turned What's out the-, the my daughter really loves Lord of the Rings, and uh, it turned out that the Rivendell campsite is a nudist wow. one. So. You're the one who can go there. <laughs> Just because you can't be nude doesn't mean you should be. Lord of the Rings is not canceled yet. Harry Potter's been canceled because of that that writer. Yes. But Lord of the Rings is still good. You're still allowed to watch it. <laughs> well, we'll see what Amazon do to it, shall we? Right. <laughs> and then we shall... What shall we do now, Niall? Dream punk band. Anyone, dead or alive. Cool. Oh. 
Oh wow, me first. Oh, let's do your own. <laughs> <laughs> let's do your own positions. So guitar, guitar, drums. Who would you have? Ooh. Okay, so Dave, who would you want to replace you for drums? Oh man, no one. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh gosh. I don't know, man. Teenage Bottle Rocket, that guy's just fast. He's just... Rest in peace. He's a real... Yeah, I know. Brandon. You know what? Uh, come back to me. Hold on. Hold on. All right. <laughs> hey, we I can't do this. We only got two minutes. <laughs> I know. Let's do that. You're all right. Um, <laughs> I think we'll do the others. Dom, what about you? Okay, uh, Rivers Cuomo. Fair enough. Yeah. Support Sheffield Wednesday for some reason. Never figured out why. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Bill Stevenson. There you go. Bill Stevenson, that's a good one. That Stevenson. is a good one. Dan? You join, who's joining Rivers and Bill? Laura Jane Grace. Say it, Dan. No, no. <laughs> um, one of his favorites. It is, but... Me? You can pick me if you really want to. Oh, no, Dan. What do you think? First one, okay. Well, honestly, the first one that comes to my mind is, is Billy Joe Armstrong because that's just the dude who I've like, yeah. like tried to wrap my guitar playing around. Like his early when he used to rip guitar solos all the time in like his first records. Green that would be that. So that early, early Billy Joe Armstrong. Right. Bass. Bass. Oh, he's not here, so I guess we're fucked. No, pick a bass player to join yeah. Billy Matt Rivers. Let me. Matt Freeman. Me, or Matt Freeman. That's fine. Freeman. What about? No, I'd, say Doug I'd, say, I'd say Doug Carrion. Have you not been tempted to do one of these acoustic or sit down driving? Thought about it, but we are. Um... Oh, I just, I just did a show with Ray Rocket yeah. and Brendan Kelly at Blue Line Beer Company this past, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago. I think it was. It was completely random. Forgot about that. It was a t it's special invite only due to COVID and uh, separate or social distancing, right? But it was a uh, that was a cool show. Ray Rocket, Brendan, yeah. How 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 is old Ray Mondo these days? Oh, he's I, I don't know. I didn't really talk to him. <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I got there. I said hi and went about my business. <laughs> I just didn't I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I was like I. Dan's shy when it comes to talking, talking to people. people. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how he's even breathing on this podcast right now. <laughs> you know, you know that uh, covers album they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah st still on the covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that band, that song "Don't Go" on there. I drummed for. Go. Yeah, I drummed for the Scutches when they toured here. Oh uh, really? Yeah, and I saw. Were you at that now when we saw Ray Rocket at Acoustic at the Hairy Dog? No, not for the acoustic one. No. I was there with you when we met him at the face-to-face -face Good Riddance Teenage Bottle Rocket show. Yeah, and I, and I went up to him and I was like, hello, Ray. I'm, I've just drummed for the Scutches in that, you know, and I told him the story and he just looked at me, gone out. Like, <laughs> Surely that's a better icebreaker than most people. Yeah, <laughs> that is a great icebreaker. <laughs> but there you Wonderful. go. Maybe you just caught them off guard. Right. So we also like to have, uh, in the age-old fanzine tradition, a bit of a scene report 
from from your local area. Are there any other bands we need to be? Butchered is a band that Kyle Bach, the original guitar player of this band, was the ah. original drummer of that band. So yeah. Butch is I've really known cool. Butchered for forever. Yeah, they're, they're really like, cool. uh, they're like ska, metal, rock. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Well, I'll, I'll check them out. So Butchered. So mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool fact about the Class Warfare song, right, Dan? Is that the song? Yeah, Class Warfare. Um, the guitar solo on that one that is just incredibly awesome and way better than anything I could ever play. Or me is by Nick, the guitar player and singer from Butchered. So shout oh, out. To okay, him. special guest appearance. Yeah. Good job you told the name because when I read the T-shirt, uh, but the red nearly got a shout out. Then <laughs> so <laughs> I was, I was. I was waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so any any other sort of up and comers we need? Uh, well, let's see. Blood people. Yeah, they're they were they're, they're blood people are good. Um, blown up for a minute, but now COVID ruined everything. <laughs> um, the bull weevils, but they're not really up and coming. They've been around forever. You know, want to know a funny story about the bull weevils? I was driving down the highway the other day, and I see uh, what's the singer's name again? Daryl. Carol, I see a huge billboard with his face on it, and he's in his doctor's suit, and it says something about COVID, like a quote. But yeah, he's a he's a he's actually he's a doctor. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I was like, that looks like Daryl. Oh, that is Daryl from the Bow Weevils on this giant billboard in, in Illinois. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But yeah, they're they're rad. Um, who else? The Ridgelands. The Ridgelands. You guys need to Ridgeland. check them out too. Yeah. Um, Tall Doug. Yeah, uh, his side project, which is he's the lead singer of the Ridgelands, but the Ridgelands, that's a band that everybody should check out when they get the chance. They play all the cool shows. All the bands like the Ridgelands for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) They're awesome. Yeah. They they play a lot of good shows. Um, Cool band. Check them out. They're dope. Excellent. Niall, is there any other burning questions before we move to talk about the closing? Yeah. So I'm going to go with the, uh, the big book of bullshit question that always gets asked, but never answered. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> who would win in a fight between Guttermouth and Propaganda? Oh, Dom, that's all you. <laughs> Definitely the Canadians. So nice though. Huh? Yeah, but have you seen that guy play guitar? He is ripped. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, those, it's, I, it's, they, they would not... win for sure. Just listen to their music. Listen to those heavy power chords. That's just pure power behind that. Yeah, but Guttermouth doesn't give a fuck yeah but they're always way too fucked up and wasted to even like try and fight like there's this no is the problem this is the problem they don't give a fuck and Dave, thank you for joining me in the gutter mouth i don't want gutter mouth <laughs> don't get me wrong i don't want them to win but they would you know I'd, I'd love them to like i don't know slip on some hummus that <laughs> the propaganda left on the floor and, and make fools right. of themselves but I don't think that would that would happen I'm afraid they, they, they just don't have anything to lose <laughs> that's what makes them dangerous yeah, they'll be willing to kamikaze themselves and that's, that's <laughs> a great advantage who, I think who, this who this debate this is a great question this is a question that's been going ever since season one hasn't it pretty much oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's an amazing question it, <laughs> Too bad I didn't have a way on it because I'm not going to lie, not to sound uncool, but I don't. I haven't listened to Guttermouth or Propagandi all that much. Propagandi's latest record is so good. 
Have you guys listened to it? Are you guys fans? You don't. You probably aren't even fans. I can, fun. I can take or leave propaganda personally. They're all right. I've got how to clean everything and let's talk more rock because they're like, yeah, not, not classics, but you know, staples. Right. So, so we're split then on that. I guess so. Guess we'll have. I'd to say go to mouth. Go to mouth. Marty would pick. Marty would be on my side. I think our bass player. So <laughs> we'll, we'll try and we've got to try and make it happen. Perhaps. Get them to play a video game or something to settle it. Yeah. Street Fighter yeah. Combat. Yeah. <laughs> they got to play. They got to play uh, WWE SmackDown versus Raw two, two, 2006. Yes. <laughs> they have to make themselves. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Do a podcast with both bands and ask them the question and get the drama building. Just build it up until it happens. <laughs> or drop. Yeah. Don't tell them. Niall calls one. I call the other, and then like merge <laughs> yeah. the calls. Yeah, you listen to what Mark said about you, and he probably would say some horrible stuff. Just stir the shit. It's fine. Last last song to discuss. Then you've uh, you've chosen "What If." Incidentally, Guttermouth have a song called uh, "What If" on their hmm. album "Musical Monkey," and it's about um, if Fred Schneider from the B-52s had auditioned to join the Doors after Jim Morrison died. So. <laughs> That's some deep shit right there, isn't it? I'm excited yeah. to listen to that. Right so you're off on a head start straight away, <laughs> as long as it's not that shit. Yeah. Come on, baby, light my fire. <laughs> yeah. Can't see it. <laughs> yeah. So so tell us about your what if. Oh man. So this song I this song became one of my favorite songs on the record, and it sounds nothing like double feature. But I could argue it does sound like double feature because on each one of our albums, we've always had like the one like acoustic or one slower song or one different song that's not the typical, you know, rinse and repeat how we write. Um, And that's this song. Uh, This song, this song came uh, in my head after um, George Floyd was murdered. Um, I was just, I was just, you know, super upset about it as long, you know, along with everybody most people in America and around the world. I mean, you can see the demonstrations that it caused across, you know, globally. And uh, I just started writing these lyrics and there's one line in it. The the first line, uh, what if there was no government, no police force killing kids? Uh, George Floyd wasn't a kid, but you know, kids are getting killed everywhere too by police. Um, So that song just kind of came about with, everything that's going on, the oppression that's, you know, everywhere and still exists, the privilege that we have as uh, white Americans, um, sexism that's still blatantly everywhere, um, drugs, rehabilitation, you know, the war on drugs, you know, that there's a lyric in the song, what if all drugs were legalized and rehabilitation was emphasized? I think that would drastically change things. The war on drugs has been a failure for the last 50 years or whatever. And look at Oregon now, a state in the United States, they just legalized everything, meth, cocaine, everything. And um, if you have an issue with it, instead of going to jail, you know, that we're paying for by our taxes, you can pay for our taxes to go to rehabilitation and fix yourself and become a better person. Um, Addiction, addiction's terrible, but it happens to everybody. You might not think it happens to the businessman in a suit that's, you know, working nine to five, but I guarantee he's ripping coke up his nose whenever he can. And, you know, it's got to be fixed. It's got to be helped. And 
So this song just kind of came out just as an acoustic and then we layered it and built it and got, you know, everybody threw in their ideas and then it kind of builds up gradually the whole song, which I think is gradually how all of these justice issues have been building up through our generation and through throughout time. Um, so I, I really like the song. It, after I wrote it, it kind of felt like I maybe stole the idea from John Lennon, like the imagine, imagine all the people or what if, you know, it's, it's like, I, you know, but I don't know, it just, it came out and I loved it. And I thought it would be a really important one to talk about and people should take a listen to it. No, that's, that's fantastic. And that's a great roundup. It will play us out of this uh, interview shortly. The album's called American Dream Not Found. Is that correct? Well, that's the that's, second one. Uh, that's the second one. That one this is uh, as good as this one. Stupid What's me. this one called, Dan? I'll edit that. <laughs> This one's called The Third Testament. It's got my face oh, on yeah, it. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we had this elaborate this. we had this elaborate album cover idea. We were going to have somebody do an oil painting. So this would have cost a lot of money and taken a lot of time. We were going to have someone do an oil painting of The Last Supper, but instead of having it exactly how it is, we would have it how it probably really was. Like, I don't know, Jesus doing like a line, Mary Magdalene giving him a hand job on the table, some male strippers in the back. You know, just something like that, and then call it the Third Testament. And the reason we called it the Third Testament is because it's our third record. A lot of our records talk about religion and the church, and uh, it was just fitting. But uh, maybe one day we'll create that album cover when we uh, press it on vinyl. Brilliant. Come on, Photoshoppers out there. Someone's got to be able <laughs> to throw something together. I've always thought about The Last Supper. Why did they order a table for 13? Well, they ordered a table for 26 and only sit on one side of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the restaurant so all yeah. right so the album is actually called third testament but american dream not found that's honestly for me like i love this new record that we came out with but that second record is still one of my all-time favorite double feature records that has been made personally yeah but, so check out both of them <laughs> yeah please do i think we've already put your band camp up on the facebook page we'll do it again um is and remember on the on the band camp you can donate what you want, and um, all the proceeds will go to saving music venues and Black Lives Matter. And that's really important. So, so, so get on it. Um, is is the testament coming out physically eventually? Yes. Um, so, um, I, me, and my buddy, my buddy Simeon started this merch company called Stupid Rad Merch Company. Uh, he does merchandise for a lot of the Fat Records bands um, and a lot of local bands. Um, and globally starting to do a lot of work and you guys should definitely, if you're in a, if you're in a band, you need merch done, go to stupid rad merch companies on Google, Facebook, wherever, and reach out to Simeon and he will take care of you. Uh, this is the logo stupid rad. Um, so through that, uh, we, me and Simeon started the record label stupid rad records, and we released American dream, not found on that. And we're going to the third Testament on that as well. Once we start having again and people start buying records you know we're going to press it and release it on that and um yeah if you're in a band and you uh, maybe want to be on our label just you know shoot me a message and uh, we'll check it out we're trying to build it as we can so there we go nice one look lads thank you for your time i've had a a bloody good time actually um so thank you yeah thank you not that yeah, i ever thought you. i wouldn't you know but <laughs> i started well, off uh, like in a sunday mood. i'm in a <laughs> saturday saturday night now yeah what is it? It's late there, right? 8 30, 9? It's 9 o'clock now. Yeah. Yeah. So back to work well, tomorrow. 
Well, thank um, you for having us. And uh, we'll write yeah, it to totally. the record in about two weeks and record it and send it to you and we'll do it again. Nice one. That'll be brilliant. That's great. Anytime, chaps. Anytime. Um, and hopefully get all four of you next time. Niall, have you got anything else to add? Um, no, not really. It's been a very enjoyable evening, uh, as it usually is, but it's taken my mind off the Sunday terrors a little bit. So thanks for that. <laughs> Good. Cheers, lads. Look right, thanks, yourself. guys. Uh, and take I'll care. speak to you soon, hopefully. Yeah, yep. take care. See you later. Cheers, dude. Talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. In 1968, the city hosted the tumultuous Democratic National Convention, which featured physical confrontations both inside and outside the convention hall, with anti-war protesters, journalists and bystanders being beaten by police. Alrighty then, double feature. SBOL, superb bunch of lads. Uh, Up for a laugh. And uh, when he got on the Zoom call before... Um, we started recording. The the main man Dom called me sir, so you know I, I'm happy with that. That's the first time you've been called that without adding. Can you please leave? You're causing a scene. 
No, I used to work in a school, so it used to get it got a bit boring. But <laughs> um, yeah, the novelty's back. Yeah, I enjoyed it. We hope you do too. Do check them lads out. Um, you know, they, they do everything themselves, um, and it's sounding good. And they obviously very proud uh, of what they do. And it's extremely important to them. So uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on those boys and um, following their progress. That new album cover, that Third Testament one, have you seen it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd seen it before we interviewed him because it's got like the guitarist. And what is it, like a prom picture or something? Or Yeah, it looks like a like a, a yearbook photo. Um, yeah. Obviously, you'll have heard earlier in the interview what their original intentions were for the album cover. So where that kind of factored into the equation, I'm not entirely sure. It's Yeah, it's a really good photo of him. And to be honest, if I had a photo took of me that good, I'd put it on my album cover as well. Right, little reminder about the competition to uh, win for free the St. Pauli book, which has recently been translated from Catalan into English. It's called Another Football is Possible. We have got a copy from the good people at Pluto Press, and they want us to give it to one of you twats. So all you've got to do is, I'll share the post again, is share the pertinent post. If you just search Midlife Punk Podcast Competition, I'm sure Facetube will throw up the correct uh, thing you're looking for. Share the post. And like our page if you don't already. That's all you need to do to get your hands on what I'm sure will prove to be one of the most popular Christmas presents of the year for St. Pauli fans. Yes, yeah, so crack on with that because we're going to draw it in like 10 days. So, you know, can't hurt to have a go, can it? And it supports uh, the podcast by getting us out there. Um, <clears throat> we are next week doing our penultimate no, it, no, it's probably our final normal episode of the season um, before we head into the Christmas rundown. And it's another Nile booking. And it's uh, a solo female. Is she a singer-songwriter? She's got a band, isn't yeah. she? Um, yes and no. She normally plays live on her own, but for the recording, she's got a band. Um, I imagined, uh, I remember talking to her early in the year, um, the Poor Girls EP came out literally two days before lockdown. Uh, and I think she was planning on touring it with uh, a full band. Well, her name's Chloe Glover. Um, she's got her EP that she hasn't been able to go out on the road. Yeah, the big book of bullshit is open for her, but I think it's uh, a bulging big book of bullshit this time. It's, it's it is. It's shocker block, isn't it? Yes, definitely. So we'll see you next week. We'll see you for Chloe Glover. Uh, then we'll begin the Christmas rundown. We've got another special that we're recording next week as well because uh, the last Punks on film we did went down an absolute storm, to be honest, and I'm frankly surprised. Um, so we're recording another one, and we are covering the 80s independent film Suburbia, uh, which is set uh, in the suburbs of LA, uh, featuring bands like DI, The Vandals, and, of course, TSOL. We'll be discussing that nihilism myself and my friend uh, Mark Dotrail the second, who we've um, mentioned on here before. He's he's an expert of all that American eighties punk scene. So we thought it was pertinent to uh, to get him involved. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and it's a film I'm not completely adverse to watching either. So I'll probably watch it a couple of times. Absolutely. 
Um, I just want to point out as well, um, by the time this gets released, at the moment we're on 397 uh, fans of the podcast. It'd be brilliant if you could get us up to 400 by the time this comes out. And I was actually surprised at the feedback of uh, punks on film. A lot of people said, are you still going to be doing the compilations? Yeah, we're going to pick up the mantle of uh, giving the fat Rama again in a couple of weeks. We're going to bank those for release over the festive period so that I'm not sat in front of a computer editing it when I could be eating pigs and blankets and that. And, oh, yeah, seeing my kids probably, I don't know. Hello. It's Tom here. You may have heard Niall and me mention how much we hate recording on a Friday because we're both knackered from a full week at work. This week, we were so knackered, we forgot to choose a song to end the podcast on. So, I've taken the liberty of choosing my favourite band from when I was younger, Goober Patrol, and their song, One More Time, from the album Vacation. Thank you.
look after yourselves. Look after one another. Should we say goodbye now, Lism? We'll say goodbye, Tomism. Seven mainline and four auxiliary interstate highways, 55, 57, 65, only in Indiana, 80, also in Indiana, 88, 90, also in Indiana, 94, also in Indiana, 190, 290, 294, and 355 run through Chicago and its suburbs. Segments that link to the city centre are named after influential politicians, with three of them named after former US presidents, Eisenhower, Kennedy, and Reagan, and one named after two-time Democratic candidate, Adlai Stevenson. (laughs) 